Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everyone, Daniel Ramsey here. I'm really excited. We've got Lars Hennenberg here, and he's a real estate coach. Plus, Lars, what are you? Number 14 in the nation? Yeah, number 14 uh, for Remax, up against some teams that are probably five times our size. Well, that's the thing that's interesting is that you actually only have seven agents that work for you, and you mentioned the number before the before we started the show. How many uh, deals would those guys do um, each this year? We're trending over a deal a day written so far. So seven agents will, will, will write 400 uh, deals this year. That's nuts, man. All right, so we're here. We're, we're going to uh, – it's really cool because you're going to basically blueprint somebody um, through step one through 100 or however many steps it takes and however long it takes to really kind of understand how you built the business mm-hmm. and then what you would have done differently. And that's that's the interesting thing because perspective from the top of the mountain is much different than in the middle or the bottom. So yeah. every, everybody who's listening, um, we're, we're going to have – a really good session here with Lars. Um, he's also going to give away some free stuff, um, and and we're lucky enough um, to have him break down a business with us, man. So thanks, and why don't you tell everybody your your story? Start to you know from the okay. beginning. All right, cool. So um, I run a team uh, out of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, close to the South Carolina border. So we sell some in South Carolina. Um, I got into real estate uh, probably. Uh, it couldn't have been a worse time as far as the market goes. Um, I mean, probably the best time as far as you know, cutting your teeth and learning how to do real estate. So uh, my first year, uh, my first full year was 2008. Oh, cool. So our market turned in 2007. You know, un- unbeknownst to to anyone that was in it, but then the financial crisis in 2008. So I started out, you know, solo agent. Um, the first, I I, tend, I look at my business in. Um, in, in marketing pillars. So I've got five main marketing pillars that I've built out over the years. And I think what I've done differently than most um, than most teams and most agents that build something is that I just go I go really deep on one thing before I move to the next thing. So it's it's not jumping around from platform to platform or trying this or trying that. It's really going deep on something and getting the returns before you go somewhere else. So um, in the beginning, you know, in the early days, it was to grind out buyer leads, and I was just all over buyer lead gen and just, you know, in front of buyers as much as I can get. Um, I brought on so the concept of leverage is something that we'll definitely talk about today, especially given what what you do and the amazing amounts of leverage that you bring to not only my team but to probably hundreds of agents. I don't even know how many clients you have now, if it's thousands or, or what. You know, we uh, so we just hit a milestone. We have a thousand virtual assistants, full-time virtual assistants placed with clients. Yeah. Uh, we hit that last week, so it's pretty yeah. exciting. And it's funny, we were, at a, we were at an event, and this is how this hangout came to be. We were at a, a, a sort of mastermind event, and, you know, we were just chatting about my business, and you're like, man, it's, it's so cool, and you know, I, I wish you were a client of, of my outdesk, you know, because then we could do And I was like, dude, I've been a client of yours for like four and a half years. Roy, Roy is probably easily my best employee. Yeah. And he, 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 I, I say that, I mean, you know, I've got killer employees, but he, I mean, the, the, the one thing, and just a quick, a quick plug on just leverage and, and outsourcing, um, the, the cool thing about uh, not just the geo arbitrage, so the, the financial arbitrage, in going to a different country to get uh, to get support, but it's just a totally different work ethic. So I mean, I can't. In the early days when I, I was in contact with my with my VA, um, there'd be days where I heard like a chicken in the background, or hmm. like you know it was loud, and I'm like, Roy, what's going on over there? He's like, Well, you know, Mr. Lars, we had a typhoon come through, you know, yesterday, and the electric is out of my house, and I had to come to a local restaurant, and I'm in their kitchen, and I'm like. You know, if it even there, there, there's a risk of snow. You know, my office shuts down for a week. And people <laughs> take snow days, and all of a sudden they're not productive. So, 
Um, you know, that's that's one just huge benefit that you just get a workhorse in in a labor force when you go um, offshore. So kudos to what you do and, and the mission you have. Um, what do they do for you? Just so I mean, just so people know, like how you implement them and best. So practice. I have I have uh, both of them are well, one of those like Roy is. Um, um, marketing, mainly listing marketing and listing coordination. He does everything in the market, in the listing, onboarding, bringing a new listing on board, and servicing a listing that we don't have to do locally. Gotcha. So, you know, Kara, who's our listing client care coordinator, she's able to elevate what she does in terms of client contact and making sure clients are happy. And a lot of the bad behind the scenes stuff happens. He does weekly seller reports. He does. You know, making sure they're they're on every website, orders home warranties, anything that someone can do anywhere, he does, and he's integrated into our processes. So you know, he's just part of the team. That's awesome. Um, and then we've got Leah, who's been I think she's been with me for over three years now. She helps more on the actually marketing our listings. So we do a lot of cool things with getting our listings out onto different websites and some ninja YouTube stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, that she's really really good at, and she's just. I, I joke about, and I probably shouldn't say this because people think I'm probably seriously, I pass her multiple times a day because she works on a computer um, that is in, in my office uh, and it's on the way to the bathroom. So when I'm in on Tuesdays, I pass my, my favorite employee. You know, I'm like, she doesn't talk back. I, just, I see her working there and, you know, so it's really cool. So you have a video set up so that there's just a screen and if you ever need to talk to her, you can just kind of walk over and say hello. No, she just she she runs out of a computer in my office. So oh, I got you. Runs remotely and runs a computer out of my office. So she she does everything through through a local uh, local connection. Right. Um, so those are th that's the setup that we have, and you know by having two strong VAs, I mean we keep our overhead you know probably at least fifty percent what we'd have to pay you know somebody locally. So it really is a, a big big payoff. Um, so getting back to the early days, so it really was. You know, getting busy at buyer leads, mastering that one thing. You know, mastering scripts, convincing somebody. You know, they sign up on a website. You know, to get face to face with me. It's something that we're still good at. We still put, you know, eight to ten buyer internet leads under contract every month, um, consistently because of that one skill skill set that I developed early on. Um, I had I added my first local admin. Really, I probably was six months in the business. I was busy enough where I knew I needed that leverage. Mm -hmm. um, and then probably 12, 14 months later, I hired my first buyer agent. So that was kind of the birth of the team was about a year, a year and a half into the business was when the, the team actually started. Did, was that the right order looking back now? 100%. Yeah, I mean, I still, um, I still teach. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something to kind of talk to because it will help us give uh, a good visual. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here and I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue and reduce expenses and the answer is simple. It's my Outdesk virtual assistance. My Outdesk offers five star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over a hundred million dollars in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants and I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word MOD, MOD, to 31996 and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're going to give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today.
you know, when I when I look at my my real estate business and how I progressed, and I'm not going to go through all these. This is from an intensive workshop that I just held, and there was just some cool slides that I wanted to bring up. You know, I I've worked against a model where there's a three step model with you know principal agent team leader and corporate model, and mm -hmm. you know this is still the same model that has the least amount of risk that is the most profitable. The three stages um, to actually bring on a client care person. Whether the person is, if I were to do it over again, I'm I'm sure I could leverage offshore um, admin through my outdesk better than I even do now. So I'll I'll make that that comment as well. Um, well. Let me ask you a question though. Would you would you have like? And this is I mean I get this question all the time, and it's always like maybe maybe not. But would you hire physical first and then leverage them? With a virtual assistant, or would you go virtual assistant first before you, as like the primary assistant, and and to get yourself a little bit more leverage early on? Yeah, I'm just curious. I, I, yeah, I definitely, and that's that's what I teach. I mean, I have clients of mine that have you know five, six uh, VA, um, offshore VAs through through my outdesk, and um, that's exactly what they do. They have one or two key administrators in the office that run a team of VAs offshore. Right. You know, so they get the same amount of, of impact and effort and output, if not more, because the, the, the people overseas aren't loafing, they're not socializing, their, their work ethic is different. Um, and so, yeah, so, so, the, I, so this is the model I follow, followed. Client care person and then build out the buyer agent team, then divide it up into more of an admin team and sales team. You're bringing on a listing partner, you're transitioning from buyers into sellers. This is when I got really good at direct response marketing to expired, so my listing inventory grew. Mm -hmm. um, that was my second pillar. Um, you know, reaching out to my sphere, database marketing, that's uh, the third pillar that I really focused on. And then once I built up a listing inventory, the fourth pillar was yard marketing. And just kind of knowing the path and our current org structure, you know, it, it looked a little more, more complicated than this. There's only seven agents. We have one showing agent. Five buyer agents, two listing agents, one seller inside sales, one buyer inside sales. We have a buyer client care, a listing client care. We have uh, executive services. This is really back office stuff. A first impressions admin person, you know, ten dollars an hour, and then we've got um, two VAs currently. Um, but if I had to do this again, I could I could have these two positions be virtual assistants, buyer client care, and listing client care. Right. Um, it just so happens that I have you know killer employees in those positions and. I'm profitable enough where it doesn't hurt me to, to, to pay for it. So, let me ask you a question. Question like I, I this is another question that I get a bazillion times. When you're building a team and kind of going through this structure, do you would would you? I mean, you did it through buyers, but would you have started with sellers and just kind of focused on them first, or is this you, you say go buyers then sellers? No, I mean, yeah, like MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, Keller Williams, they, they listings lead leverage, right? But for me, it didn't feel right to go into someone's house and with no experience and tell them that I'm their best option, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. It's the same way I didn't go out to my sphere, you know, I went out to my sphere like 18 months in the business is when I really started telling people that I'm, I'm legit, you know? I, I sold 71 homes by the end of my first year. You know, so there was a part year in there, but still, I mean, at that point, I was willing to reach out to people and say, "Hey, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing here." Um, right. So it's the same thing with listings. It just, I just did it, and it's, it's, it's. There's still less competition for buyers. You know, buyers through just proximity or getting them on the phone or meeting them at an open house or, you know, you've got a a, a really good shot at working with somebody if you just get in front of them. Um, right. And this is kind of the path, if you can see my screen, this is kind of the path that I, that I followed. It was really in the beginning of every real estate agent's career, it's, it's really a survival type thing. I mean, we know by the end of the second year, only 20% of people that get licensed are still active in real estate. So the, the mortality rate in real estate is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, most agents don't get past the, the ramp stage. You know, so what, what I do, and I, I, I help agents do this now um, through my coaching, um, I help people go from, you know, get through the build stage as quickly as possible. That's the most painful stage. So ramp scale into the in, in, inspire phase, which is lead and exit, uh, and then ultimately own, own a business, you know, something that doesn't have to rely on you every day to keep it running. Mm -hmm. and, uh, 
Yeah, so um, you know, I would say that the, the four marketing pillars and going deep and tracking ROI, that's one thing that I do a really good job on is tracking every everything I spend. Um, you know, if you're gonna spend a dollar, you really should should hope to make eight to ten dollars top line on that spend because you've got to start thinking about it if you're paying a buyer's agent or a listing agent, you know, you've got to you've got to structure it in a way where you can afford to pay them. Uh, my gross margins. One thing I'll say too, because it's critical, is my gross margins last year were 67%. And so some people will say, "Well, that's not fair. How can you pay your agents only 33%?" Um, it's because we've got systems and we provide value to our agents. Where I do believe that you know my agents and my systems will make more money with less risk and less effort than they could on their own. So they're they're highly paid. But it's not because they they're not productive like like most teams. So what do you hold on? What do you take away? Because this is a so it's great we're getting into these. This is a, for everybody who's on the call. This is like the standard conversations when you're building a team. Um, so the question that I always get is how do I provide value to my agents? And and banks do it by like owning all of the business. They call them touch points, right? You have an ATM. You have a credit card. You have a online bill pay, you have direct deposit with your, your bank, and as long as you do four of those things, the banks know 98% of the time if there's a problem, you're going to stick with them because it's too hard to switch. What have you created like that, Lars, and what value do, do you provide to the listing agent and the buyer agent so they don't just go out and compete with you? Yeah, so and we, we've, we've had very little of that, and even, even, even if it happens, it's irrelevant you know, because we're so strong in lead gen and training agents to be productive that we I think right now we're, we have 82 percent of our business this year it was actually higher last year but 82 percent of our business this year we've written 110 deals 83 or 84 of them were from company generated um, leads or, or converted by the company gotcha so on the listing side 90 plus percent of the appointments are set for the listing agents so we're, we're big direct response marketers and, and our phone rings over 90% of the time it's through an inbound call, people reaching out to us or filling out a web, a web form. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, there's a lot of power in that and on the buy side it's, it's still really high, it's about 65-70% of business on the buy side is from leads that we generate or appointments that we set through our inside sales efforts. Um, so it's 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 owning that part of the process, the lead gen, mm -hmm. uh, and also helping them through structure, tracking, and accountability, mm -hmm. helping agents do better than they would do if left to their own own vices. You know, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's it's really it's a tricky balance, but I just firmly believe that our agents, you know, they're all making more than more than six figures, which is really good pay. Less than five percent of our agents in our market. Um, net more than a hundred grand, right? And so I just I know that, and so all of my agents will net more than a hundred grand. So I have a hundred percent of my agents will make more than a hundred thousand dollars. One of my agents, two others will get over a hundred fifty, and mm -hmm. one will get close to two hundred grand this year. Mm, that's beautiful. But, but at the right margins. So if someone's making two hundred grand on my team, I'm grossing you know four hundred from them. Right. Yeah. So, so okay. Owning the lead gen is super important, and what that means is it's companies' dollars being spent on your marketing and company dollar converting. So you're you're uh, you're basically taking that away. What about the the other side, which is admin side? What do you do for your agents that is different than other than other brokers? Yeah, so I mean, it, it really comes down to um, you know we try to get the right people to focus on their their unique abilities. You know, so all of our agents are required to, to be there an inside salesperson for themselves. So we don't have inside sales entirely broken out, but we do give them appointments and, and really warm leads. Mm -hmm. So we've got an inside sales effort that complements what they're doing on their own, but giving them the structure to do those things. Um, that, that's one of the things, but also once a file goes under contract, there's, there's really very little for our buyer agents to do. So we mm -hmm. hand that over to uh, Tia. She's our closing coordinator. She's got it dialed in where she could probably close three, three fifty buyer sides. And we've got just one person 
we don't have a transaction coordinator for all transactions. We have a single buyer client care coordinator. Right. So she's she has mastered bringing her resources to bear, not just her own resources, but the vendors that we use. We use a handful of vendors. We get all of our buyers, you know, legitimately. They have a choice, but we say the process is going to go way smoother if you use this lender, this attorney, you know, right. this inspector. Um, and most of them do that, and it just streamlines everything. Streamlines everything. So to get them out selling as much as possible on the listing side, it's it's easy because it's just we're 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 so well known in our market now, and our direct response marketing initiatives get so many calls to come in. I mean, when I look at our tracker, we track every call that comes in, and it's uh, it's crazy how how much business is coming in and and reaching out to us. Sure. Well, you're doing you're you're so it's it's important to understand a lot of agents are doing outbound, you know, basically lead gen. What you've done is you've created marketing streams that are inbound marketing based, right? So people call you. Those leads are that they're easier to close. They're better to work with. People are coming to you. Those are the kind of leads that everybody wants to have, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pull up something here real quick. I just want to show. Um, so you should see a screen here that has a bunch of numbers on it. Yep, yep. Yeah, so um, I, I think this is only about 20 of them, but I have like 30 different tracking phone numbers. So anytime we get a call into our office, um, this company, Dialogue Tech, it used to be called If By Phone. But, so I, can, I track every call, I record every call, I, um, I route every call, and I get reports like this to see where, where stuff's coming from. So... Um, you know, our yard marketing efforts, you know, we've got three signs in the front yards of our properties, mm -hmm. um, which is significant. What, uh, are they, what are the three signs? Why three? Yeah, so, uh, so buyers, you know, if you have a single yard sign with your picture on it, right, the typical real estate yard sign, um, it, it's pretty threatening, right? Buyers don't want to talk to a person. So we have a 24-7 hotline type sign, you know, through VoicePad which is a third-party service, and then we have a, a everyday open house sign as well, which are fewer leads, but they're really high quality, someone that wants to get in to see the property. Um, so we carry about 60 active, anywhere between 50 and 60 active listings, probably 25, 30 under contract, so maybe 90 or so total. Mm -hmm. um, and we get some pretty good call volume on it. So this is the last 60 days or so, and it's what, about 330 there's a few other ones here, about 350, 375 yard sign calls. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we just have a routing system where if they're not answered by the opportunity time agent, they're followed up, they're, they're, they go out to the five agents at once, and it's, it's a over 90% answer rate on our phone calls that come in. So let me ask you a question. Like, do you track back when somebody successfully gets into contact, and then second, when they... Uh, you know, get into a contract of sort with that buyer or that seller. Uh, meaning, do, do we do we do we lead source? Do we track lead sources? Matchback. It's a matchback report, right? So you're creating marketing. You've got a sign. You know, a phone number comes. You line that up with a contract, and you say this. You know, has this many percentage? Or I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So right now, I I I can track. I think 92 percent of my business back to the specific dollar I spent. Right. Yeah, which is critical. I mean, it's just critically important. Nobody does that, huh? No, it's just surprising. It's not complicated. It's really, it's a little bit of effort setting up the systems and just taking your time to do it. Um, it took me years and years to set it up, but the way the way that I, I help people do it is not is not really that complicated. And it doesn't cost extra money. You're wasting a lot of money by not doing it, really. But, okay, so, and this goes to our next point. So if, if you, um, and this isn't a plug, guys. This is just, like, this is probably one of those things that Lars is, like, really good at. So if you go to LarsStrategySession.com, you can actually book a 30-minute, is it 30 minutes, 20 minutes? How, how long is it with you? Yeah, so it'll be uh, just an intro intro call. We'll get on the phone for 15, 20 minutes. Um, and really just to dig into your business, honestly, and um, see if there are areas that I can help you with. The, the part of... You know what? What I really enjoy, you know, when you when you when you look at uh, this here, it's helping people, you know, get from the ramp. You know, so that so the survival phase—that's not something I really get jazzed about. Um, it's helping people go from 
from the build phase, so ramping, getting two to six homes per month, getting to six to 12 homes per month, getting through that 100 home barrier, and then getting into this, this is the most fun you'll have, and, and it's, it's some of the, the, you know, the systems come in in the build phase, right, so the scaling, um, but the inspire phase is really where I have, have a lot of fun, and the visioning, and, you know, really getting this thing to be, to have a life of its own, and it's a whole bunch of new skills, and the, the point, you know, when I look at our mission, and just real quick, it's not a plug, but this is the, the point of it all, is uh, it's our mission is to build a highly profitable business through the use of sustainable systems and empower people in order to systematically increase your net worth and time away from the office. So mm -hmm. that's that, that's what I think about when I think about my, 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 my own business. I'm trying to get in there less hours a week. You know, yes. so to go from Tuesdays to half days to no days and really truly empower people and align their financial goals with their vision for their lives and, and just to serve the team deeply. Um, right. so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Hey, let's go back to the build stage because I think a lot of the viewers are going to be in that stage and I think that's a – and I, <clears throat> I pulled up your largestrategysession.com mostly because I think that's your sweet spot. That's the spot – building systems, you know, measuring results, tracking back to dollars, and, and really kind of, uh, we call it scale, man. You're talking about scaling a business at yep. that point. Yeah. Um, and so let's go back to that minimum, that middle build stage and talk a little bit about what you've learned and, and the experience and, like, just try to bring value to those people that are in that stage. Yeah, so so one thing um, I want to go through, it, and it's, it's, it's the, the, the most value I can add to anyone that is – in the midst of it, or um, has has tried to recruit buyer agents. So, if you talk to ten team leaders that you know you think they have a legitimate team, you talk about their biggest frustration, and they're actually building their team around the fact that they think they can't acquire good buyer agents, right. and they think that they can't get the margins in line, and they think my compensation structure doesn't work, and you know just all these crazy things that aren't aren't reality. So. Um, we, I look for this is the most pain I've suffered is hiring the wrong people in those in those hmm. roles. So there's seven things. So if you're listening to this live or you're 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 listening to recording, whatever, write down, get a a pen and a paper. Get a pen right now. This is like um, a whole bunch of wasted effort and time training people that aren't going to be successful and a whole lot of saved dollars on lead conversion efforts that that aren't going to happen. So. The first thing we look for, and one of the more important ones, is that the person, a buyer agent, has to be, um, if not the primary income earner for their family, they have to be uh, a very necessary income for their family. And and for our market, we want them to want to make a hundred grand, but really, we want to give them a vision toward a hundred fifty, um, and really understand where they're coming from, and 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 know how how much of an impact that's going to have for them. So. If they're a secondary income, if they're a, a housewife or a, a house husband, or um, you know their their income isn't is doesn't matter, they're not going to be driven driven to results. Um, every one of my agents is a, is a primary income earner in their in their family. I think four of the seven are the sole income earners of their family. Um, mm -hmm. Critical. Um, the number two is a record of achievement, and they can demonstrate it. So I don't care if they have real estate experience as much as if they've, they're an achiever and they can actually demonstrate things that they've achieved. Um, that doesn't re require much explanation. Number three... Well, hold on. I think it does because I, I'm just saying like your achievements and my achievements and maybe some of the viewers' achievements are going to be much different than the person that we're going to hire, right? So like what level, like assets and, and money in the bank, like... No, not, not even, yeah, I mean, just, you know, so we'll ask questions like, um, you know, tell me about uh, an accomplishment that, that you're proud of. Mm -hmm. And it could be, I could be talking to a 24-year-old where the only accomplishment they were proud of is that they started a club that didn't exist at their college and they grew it from, you know, an idea into 12 members and it's still running strong and they have alumni events now. You know, I mean, it could be something like that. But you want to be impressed by it. Yeah, like it has to be something meaningful. Like if they're like, I don't really know. I mean, achievement. I mean, I had a kid once. Um, you know, like you want to see some fire in what they're talking about. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
And so number three, we're pretty deliberate about you know accountability tracking and what's involved in the position, and we're, we're, we're we explain it. And so number three is that they have to be able to adhere to the system. And so we'll talk about their past experience and accountability and you know their comfort level with it. A lot of people get into real estate thinking it's just going to be this, you know, come and come and go as you please type thing, and sales are just going to happen, and, and it doesn't work that way. Um, number four, and I know you guys know this as well, personality profile. So we we disc uh, profile everyone. We do a values index. Um, we also do an attribute. So we do the inner metrics three profiles, and we 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 do believe in 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 that system. Okay, um, so who is a salesperson? Who's a buyer's agent, who's a listing agent, and who's an admin? Yeah, so uh, a buyer agent, we're looking for someone who's a mid-D, high-I, mid-S. You know, we can have a little bit higher S. That's, it doesn't matter so much, and then low C. High Cs have bit us in the butt before, and high Ds are a pain in the ass to be around. I know it because I'm, I'm a high D, hmm. uh, and it's exhausting. Being around high Ds is just exhausting. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm yeah. a high D. I, I apologize to my wife at, at times for, for being being my personality. Yeah. Um, so number so that's number four. So number five is is really some kind of internal drive, some motivation. You know, we'll ask, we'll just ask them what you know. Why do you get out of bed in the morning? What's your bigger your bigger drive? Um, and sometimes it gets personal. You know, uh, for me, mine is I did, just didn't have a great upbringing. My my dad was absent. You know, for my whole life and. Somehow I just I just worked hard and I didn't want to be a burden on anybody and it, it translated into me achieving, and so we get answers like that and to me that's meaningful. Um, you know, someone who's achieved at sports before, um, you know, are those are good candidates. You know, someone who's gone through something quicker than people before professionally, maybe a sales training program or or whatnot. Um, so that's number five. Number six is you know we'll ask people what do you where do you see yourself three to five years from now. And we'll get some people to say like, "Hey, yeah, so I'm using I'm using this as a stepping stone to starting my own team." And so number six is we want to find people that want to be a part of a team and not lead a team. And it goes back but, to not hiring a high D, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So um, so really making the right hires from a team perspective and a culture perspective. And then number seven is no personal drama. We had an agent move into the market, f followed her boyfriend who moved here, and two months later her boyfriend moved and she moved. And so we look for people that have stability, that have children, that have been uh, around for a while. They're they're local, um, you know, not the flighty type people. And that's that's not too hard to find out. We just ask them, you know, what do you do outside of real estate? You know, so what kind of hobbies do you have? Or and they'll pretty much open up uh, open up to us. So um, and that's it. So I think that's pretty valuable. I mean, there's if, if you, you have to develop your own screen. But in there is a good start. You just need to know what, what you're looking for in, in agents and be willing to, to turn your back on somebody if it doesn't fit that profile. And not hire out of pain. I mean, we're talking about leverage right now because that's you know the virtual assistant world leverage. But the biggest mistake I see is people, I need an admin or I need, an, I need a buyer's agent and, and this guy knows what he's doing and so it'll be easy to add him or it's a friend or a family or whatever and they just don't spend the time to vet. That's a big deal. Yeah. We actually do. I, I added um, dinner with a spouse, and I, I think yeah. you you do that. I don't know. Maybe you do it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But like my wife has a great perspective on people, and sometimes I just I want to know if the wife is crazy or if the husband is crazy because that'll speak to them. And will they order a lot of drinks or will they, you know, you know, have table manners? You know. So you just I, I like spending as much time up front as possible before you make an offer. Yeah, and what, what what was the one you said before that? You said something before that. Spin, oh, don't hire out of pain. Yeah, yeah. Or people that I mean, you can hire people that you know, but you have to then put different glasses on and actually go through a process that's predetermined. And no matter what, or the pressure, you know, because I'll have applicants be like, "Hey, you need to make an offer to me this week," because I'm thinking about blah, blah blah. I'm like, "Hey, I'm out. I can't do an offer in a week. It's just not. I mean, unless I quit my." job full-time and focus on you like I won't be able to actually make an offer so for me it's always about like you know how crazy are they could I hang out with them outside of work do I admire and respect them you know did they do a good job raising their family yeah and we so, also find yeah in, in the real estate world we find that 
like uh, traditional sort of quote-unquote quote unquote veteran agents typically don't make a good fit for our team. They, they think real estate is done a certain way. They don't, they don't get the high volume. Uh, they don't understand that. Um, and you need high volume in your model, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we want people that want to work hard and get paid well. Yeah. That's good. Okay, cool. So, you know, I have something here um, about the importance of a, a self-managed team. I want you to kind of touch on that because that, that to me is another difference. You know, because I, I, so I'm at a conference. There's a guy who's going to do 400 deals um, this year, and he's and another person that was like, "You can't go do that other business. You've got a real estate. You've got to focus on your real estate team. You're doing, you know, so much business, but that's not your perspective." And I, I, I value it. I like it. What, what does that mean for you, a self-managed team? Yeah, and there's probably two, you know, two perspectives on, on that. You know, so early on in my career. Um, the, probably the first book I read when I got into real estate was uh, E-Myth, Michael Gerber E-Myth. So I always had this thought of, you know, working on versus uh, in in the business. Yep. So knowing that people, you know, had to run their systems, but always having a balance between people and systems, people and systems. All repeatable tasks have to be sort of outlined and, and put together in a way where they can just happen systematically and get the right personalities and I didn't answer the other part of that, but the, the right personalities, the SC personalities, to run those systems. And they just have comfort in systems. They don't like things to be haphazard and happen differently every time. There are people in the world, not the team leaders, but there are people in the world that like to do the same task over and over and over again. And, and to not put the systems in place is doing a disservice for those people and your burnout admin. And by the way, they can't, they can't put your systems in place. Yeah, like that's another piece that is really important to understand. You can't hire an SC or CS and say, "Hey, build the system." That's uh, that's typically you know something that you pay a guy like you to consult with. Um, my world, there's a there's three ways to get talent on your team. You can you can buy talent, meaning you go out and you find somebody who's super successful and you pay for them. You can borrow talent, and that's going to Lars LarsStrategy.Session.com and paying a coach. To, to come in here, or you can or you can borrow it, meaning like a temporary service or something, and get the talent for a short term. But it's really important. SCs don't build systems. You have to, or you have to buy somebody to do it for you. Um, but they are your operations people, admin, marketing. They're the ones that'll do the repetitive tasks once you have it set up. Yeah, and so and so so the emit that on versus in, and now I'm an emit certified coach, so I have access to all their tools. Um, so, so that was one perspective. Like I always knew that I was building something bigger, and I had this vision, you know. And when I look at my org chart, I had my org chart five years ago, even though it was just me. Right. So I knew what I was building ahead of it. I knew that there was going to be sales, there was going to be operations, and they were distinct. And there was a front office and a back office. And, yeah. Um, so that that helped. Having a vision helps uh, for sure. Um, the second thing about a self-managed company is that you need to find people that will play on your system. So our agents know that every week we have a buyer agent meeting and they're going to talk about their activities from the last week. And yeah. it's just a weird meeting when for the person that did nothing last week and they're claiming a spot on our team. It's like, you know, um, being on a Super Bowl team and, and you know, not, not showing up to the team meeting and say, hey, guys, sorry I missed every practice last week when you did three, three days. You know, it's just weird. That person's not going to last. So, um, and and from a staff perspective, I just don't. Uh, I've got one person that runs the operations, and she she makes sure that the individual, the buyer client care person, the listing client per care person, the executive services, the VAs, that they're all running smoothly, and that that they are empowered to run their world. And right. so, I just don't have a desire to get into it. You know even into any of the operational level stuff, um, but to know that it's being, you know, being, being done properly. So how do you know, like, and this is a big, I'm, I'm truly curious, like, if I'm an operations person on your team and I screw something up, how do you know about it and how do you address it and what happens in your world around that? Yeah, so we, we uh, survey, I mean, it comes down to the client and what they thought of the experience. Okay. So the bottom line is that we survey every one of our clients, and the, the those that don't give the survey back, 
we call them and we hound them for, for feedback. We leave messages like, hey, you're probably not getting in touch with us because maybe you didn't have a, 10, a level 10 experience. You know, can you just do me a favor and get on the phone with me and tell me exactly how your experience was? Right. But making those tough calls. And before we did that, we honestly didn't know. You know, we, we weren't, when we first started, we, were get, we weren't getting back most of our surveys. Yeah. Now we had some ones, you know, that would, that would let us know we sucked. And then yep. we'd, we'd have some tens, which by happenstance, you know, they're home so quickly and they had a good experience. But then I believe in, in the early stages of our really developing a world-class client experience, there was just a bunch of four, five, sixes, sevens in there. And it's really drilling down in those and finding out what was, and that was one decision we made to separate, actually to, to make a, 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 an admin person on the listing side take it from, even from pre-listing, so they help prepare for the appointment. Once it's listed, they grab the file, get it on the market, and they're making regular calls, not in place of the listing agent, but they're making you know, customer service calls, and they keep the file through closing. So we don't have a separate closing department on the listing side, and that was direct feedback, like consistent feedback from the handoff, like I just got comfortable with this person, and then you hand me off to this person, and it felt clunky, and you know, so just listening to our clients, and that's the only way really, if you're not, if you're listening to the call and you're not servicing or surveying your clients, you just have no idea if you're doing a good job or not. So 100% of your clients get a survey. And 100% get a survey, and not not everyone submits the survey back. We make it really easy. You know, it's a paper survey, and there's a self-addressed. There's a little gift in there that they get, even if they don't send it back. But those that don't send it back, we call. Yeah, you know, we call them and, and solicit that feedback, gotcha. and really go after it. You know, if they were a one and they just don't want to do it, tell me exactly why you think we suck. Right. And nobody wants to hear that, but it's the only way to get better. Yeah. No. I mean, so. Um, how would you get started, like, if you're a real estate person and you want to start implementing that feedback system? And that's, again, in the build mode, right? Because that will give you the feedback required to make adjustments and changes in your systems. So how does a person start doing that? And by the way, guys, if you have questions, like, I got a little box over here that says questions. So you guys can actually type in here a bunch of questions for Lars because we're uh, getting towards that part where we get to pick his brain if you have an individual question, which I love. Um, but anyway, so how would a person get started implementing a feedback system? Yeah, so um, let me pull it up here real quick. Ours is, is very, um, it's very simple, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's very powerful. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. All right. You can tell this is unscripted because Lars is pulling up slides that he didn't have ready. I, I just I, I love how the calls always kind of take their own shape. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so let me pull it up here. I've got I've got it pulled up. Let me share my screen. Um, that one should be it. All right, so now I should be doing a screen share. Yep, we have it. Yeah, so this this is a one. A one-page client survey. This is Net Promoter Score, so there's no magic in this. It's Google Net Promoter Score. Um, it's one page with a ten dollars. It's a there's a self-addressed envelope, um, this piece of paper, and a ten dollars Starbucks gift card in uh, in an envelope to every closing. And it just says, "We want to know how did we do, dear value client. First of all, congrats. Would you mind answering three short questions? This question here, number one. This is straight Net Promoter Score." And exactly the word. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to refer your friends and family to the large group? Very unlikely or very likely? Yeah. So 9s and 10s are good. 7s and 8s are sort of neutral. And then below 7, you know, you've, you've got to reach out to those people and find out what you could have done differently. Um, would you use our services again? Question 2 really isn't necessary. Um, but question 3, we just solicit uh, a testimonial. Yeah. So we just ask their name, their agent name, and you know, 100% confident, you know, we want to be them, them to be confident in referring um, them to us. And so this works really, really well. And I could, uh, I could send this to you if you want to send it out to everybody. Yeah, that'd be great. We're going to, we, we've got you on a landing page that we'll attach to the replay. So if, yeah, if you want to email that over. You know, the other, I was, as you were talking, I think there's some real values. One, I think the thing that I would take away from this if I was listening is, 
Lars measures everything, and he and he's got you know these different marketing pillars that he perfected before he moved to the next one. And I think that's a big that's a big deal. The next is a self-managed team. But I had a question around that. What do those meetings look like? How does a person how does a person um, now we're seeing your email, buddy? Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> how does a, how does a person uh, like implement a self-managed team meeting, and what do they look like? Yeah, so I was just the reason you saw my email is I just emailed that client survey to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You have it on your email. So, um, yeah, so we have so Tuesday is the day that I'm in the office, and we have um, it is. And that's our, the one thing that you got you you still do for your team. Yeah, so we uh, let me pull it up here because I've, I've got a um, agent training probably on here. Yeah, here we go. Yep. So is it still showing my screen? No, no, I can see your beautiful face now. All right, so um, yeah, so we so we have a very uh, very thought out, and um, I'm going to show it again here because it's just easier for me to talk to. So we have an agenda that we follow every Tuesday. So there are, there are a few things that we have to get done every Tuesday. So we go through every appointment that we went on in the last week. Yep. And, and we review every appointment, the ones that we got, if we got them at a good price, the ones we didn't get, if we got beat, why did we get beat? We make you know f you know follow-up calls to them to find out what we could have done differently. Yeah. Um, the appointments we have coming up, um, active listing reviews. So then the listing partners break off and go with Kara, listing client care coordinator, to make sure that that gets uh, that gets handled. Then 10 o'clock we do a buyer meeting. Mm -hmm. So every buyer agent does. They do weekly trackers, so they're tracking their activities through the week, and they present those trackers to the team. So yep. that's just a way that the team is accountable to themselves. Um, real quick, uh, uh, made me think of the, the book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Patrick Lencioni. I love that book. Yeah, so that's a book that if you have any any team, three or four members, you got to go through that process and have everyone read it and do the exercises. Um, we do new buyer appointments and showing appointments, reviews and updates, and then we talk about challenges, what's working, what's not working. We'll do some role play, some fun things at that meeting. Then we do the team sales meeting um, where this is positive. We're doing raving fan reviews. We always start with positive focus. I go around the room and I ask for one thing, one win, one personal or professional win. Um, we go through team results. We're big on, um, let me know if you can see it when I go over here. Um, we have it. You have a dashboard, yep. Yeah, so we're big on everyone knowing the score every 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 time. So the goal this year is to write 96 million worth of real estate, and the team goes to Mexico. So it's going to be like a fifty thousand dollar trip that I'll bring everyone and their spouses to, like the nicest resort in Mexico. Yeah, like total high end resort. So we're at twenty eight point five million now, and we're going to crush it. We're going to blow through one hundred and ten million. Is my guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I, you know, we do have a, a question, so that's yeah. that's fun. So there's always so much to do on a daily basis. How do you build systems? Is there a system index of systems so that you can show perspective staff later? Yeah. So the pro So this is actually a, a really cool question. So uh, and not not to not to sell what I do. That's not the point of this. But we just had an intensive workshop. So part of my coaching program is two intensive workshops in Charlotte, but the one that we just had was a team building intensive, and we went through a process. It was one of the seven sessions that I had, where um, it was your system strategy. So we went through an organizational strategy, and we built out the three, you know, what your your one, three, five year organizational chart looks like, and we went through a system strategy. And generally, you know, people build systems out of necessity, so they have frustrations or challenges, and like, oh shit. You know, I'm going on a, lot, on a lot of listing appointments. I better have a process to set up for listing appointments. So the pre-appointment process, you know, doing comparables or whatever market analysis you do. Um, then there are, you know, things that are more like planning type things. You know, midterm initiatives, which you can, you know, that you're gonna. Uh, I can't think of an example, but um, spring is coming. Spring is coming, and you're going to launch a new campaign out because yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean, so, so stuff that you can sort of plan for a little bit ahead of it, um, but it's literally just thinking about the things in your business, and we we have a process to do that. We went through it at the intensive, where you you know something has to happen over and over and over again, and you've got to get it streamlined. Where 
like for example, uh, Mukul. I can't. I don't know if I pronounce your name right. But if you're going out on a listing appointment and every time you're you're starting with a blank desk and you're just putting it together on the fly, the, a simple system is the the five things you needed for every listing appointment is in a checklist, you know, and you only have to work on one of them. You can have an admin work on four of them, and your listing packets are pre-made, so you can grab a listing packet. Someone else can put together. You do the five or seven comps or whatever you do. Hand them to somebody. They put together the equity valuation, and you've got ten or fifteen minutes into it versus an hour and a half, like most agents would have into it. So that's just an example of a system. But everything is a system. Like the 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 way that we run our Tuesdays and with the way we run those meetings. Those reading meetings are very much dialed in. I don't go into a meeting guessing what I'm going to talk about. It's, right. It's completely dialed in, and it gets a little bit repetitive. And I try to bring in different elements to make it fun. And we do training and and personal development type stuff. But um, it's it's seeing the five or six things in your business that need attention right now. So for so our buyer system has nine elements to it. It starts with a position agreement, a buyer lead management policy, buyer packets, buyer presentation. There's like three or four tracking tools and the weekly success tracker. It's a it's a broader category of buyer system, but there's nine elements to it. Um, so the cool thing, and, and not a plug on coaching, but um, you know, it, I, I've I've developed all the systems, and and the goal is to to help them be as plug as play as as possible for for my clients. Well, and I want to kind of point out. I mean, if you're think, if you're building new systems, it's always start with the highest value thing first, and usually that's lead gen and and some sort of a marketing. And at some point, then it becomes operations because you get so busy. And then at another point, it becomes leadership and and maybe even hiring talent. So I mean, you just you chunk them up and something. And I think you'll love this, Lars. Something that we, um, yeah, everybody hears about a buyer night, you know, like we're going to prospect tonight or we're going to do it in the morning. We're going to bring, you know, everybody gets together and has some food and it's like who can set the most listing appointments or buyer appointments, you know. Everybody has done that. But at some point you get to, so, your team will get so big and you have so many people, we actually do something called a platform morning where our team will work on all the systems and processes that we have to do. And it can be two, we do it two hours um, um, every two weeks on Fridays. Friday mornings, first things from 8.30 to 10.30 is what we call platform mornings. And we work on systems that need to be updated, systems that are broken, systems that need to be expanded or scaled. And, you know, I mean, everything from lead gen to leadership to, you know, what do we do when a bill comes in the door? So, like, that's another opportunity so that it's, it doesn't feel like you're by yourself building it and everybody can kind of get in, into that process of, of doing it. Yeah, and, and, and to make a note, even if you're, you're, you're solo right now, um, carve out two hours every week. Um, fr I like Friday afternoons. I mean, if you're in production, it may be a little bit slippery if people want to go out and look at homes, but some block of time where you know you could stick to it every week and yep. just a couple hours where you're either going to be working on your, your goals, looking at your goals, look, you know, working on your vision, um, but working on, you know, we, we call them multiplier projects. So there's five projects that each one of my clients are working on at a given time that once they're in place, they have a multiplying effect in their business. So, you know, a recruiting system is a good example. We have a recruiting system that brings in like every other day we get a pretty good quality candidate through our recruiting system. And we only hire like one out of ten. Um, so it's and we bring two classes in a year, but that's pretty dialed in. There's not much we need to do to keep those flow of candidates coming in. Most people hire out of desperation, like you were saying earlier, and it's not it's they're not hiring the right people. They're like, oh, you 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 want to come on my team? I've got too many leads, and it's and they don't have the funnel in place to bring those people in. So um, yeah, yeah. All right, good. What are you giving away, um, by the way? Because um, we're we're getting close to wrapping up. Um, do you know? Remind everyone. We've got we got opportunity for five minutes or so of questions. That first one was a really good one. Um, but tell us about what you're giving away to everybody who's listening, and they can get on the replay too. Yeah. So you mean the strategy session? Yeah. Well, I thought you were giving something away, like Lars' blueprint for team implementation. Or oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So, and I'm gonna share my screen again. So, so the goal. I have this 18-page uh, blueprint, and it takes 
it takes you through in it's 18 pages, and I, I hate to say it because most people won't even read 18 pages, but hmm. it takes you through in in detail um, the the my progression in real estate, how I went from this survival phase, which some of you may be at, some of may you be in the the ramp or the scale stage, but how I took my business all the way from those early days where you know I wasn't making a lot of money, I was excited, you know, a little naive. Uh, a lot of people drop out all the way through the build stage into the inspire stage which is really a lot of fun but there's a whole, these all these new skills and giving up control and there's just a, a you're feeling uncomfortable the whole time through that and then really to get to the time financial freedom uh, and just being able to give back and, and and ultimately having something that you own and so this this report is is that progression you know so mm -hmm. I think I don't know if I've sent it over to you guys already or if uh, if you want me to email it um, but it's uh, it takes you through that whole progression, and there's a lot of good value in there. Yeah, we have. I think we have it, and it's it's pretty cool. Let me um, hard. There's the mission, but here's the we're we're gonna wrapping up real quick. But here's the hard questions. Um, Lars, what's your next step? How are you? I mean, I know you're doing the coaching, and that's that's brilliant. But what where where do you see yourself in three to five? I want to give people perspective because I think it's possible for them to get to the million dollars. Like what you're, and with your help, I think it's really possible. But what's your next? What's yeah, your so next? It's it's a it's an interesting question because I think I've been playing a little bit small. Um, and it's funny that event that we were both at. I mean, really stretched my thinking a bit uh, um, along the lines of what's possible. Mostly you know, that I can really start to look at identifying people who can build out, um, you know, I've always built my business in a way that it was really building a, a true e-myth franchise prototype. What if, you know, you need to franchise your business to 10,000 different locations? That's the mindset I've had all along, never thinking that I would do it. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be a leg of what I'm focusing on, having 10 teams around the country each doing 50 million plus of real estate plus my own doing 150 million so in the next three years I'll get my team to 600 sides 250 average price point 150 million in volume and then select going to select markets and identifying the right people to uh, build up 50 million plus teams so to have a real estate group that does six seven eight hundred million worth of real estate with the same philosophies that we have highly productive agents fifty plus transactions each um, just a different model that's not out there right now a very profitable model for everybody where every everyone is doing well you know there's mm -hmm. no um, there's no you know, true true corporate entities in these different markets and then you know real estate B school is what I founded that I believe there every new agent should learn how to make money in real estate and there's not something available right now so part of a bigger vision for me is you know most of what I do now is consulting with people that are have already got through the start phase and so yeah. they're ramping or scaling and help them firm up their systems and get to the inspire lead exit phase that's kind of what I specialize in is this middle part but right. what, if, what if I could develop a, an online course that could get people that could you know systematically you know take the dropout rate from 80% over two years down to 50% because everyone does my online course right. um, you know very affordable online course I think that's a huge opportunity and then I've got two young kids you know so mm -hmm. I just know the next 10 years are going to be 10 years that I, I never want to look back and um, you know and and miss out on, on things so it's having family adventures and you know my goal is to work three days a week I'm working four days now, so to cut one day out, um, which is going to happen in less than a year, and really to focus on my relationships, you know, and really making sure my kids get off on the right foot and, and they sort of know who they are as they enter the real world. Wow. It's an amazing vision. It's an amazing life. Um, Lars, I really, really appreciate your time today. Um, you want to leave anybody with, like, last words? Like, what's your... What's your one motto that you run a run across? And guys, you know, visit visit LarsStrategySession.com for a free thing. We're gonna have his 18-page um, uh, giveaway on this replay. So if you're here, you're gonna get it. Um, and uh, where would you? What would you leave everyone with? What's that one thing? You know, um, a lot of people that I come into contact with. I mean, they're they're at the point where um, things have suffered 
uh, in their life to get to the point where they're at. So, I mean, even like divorce and um, health and just things that aren't aren't worth it. So, the 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 approach, you know, is to is to get there with with balance. So to preserve and improve relationships. You know, my health is is it's never been better. Um, yeah. You know, and so to really pay attention to the to a balanced approach to it all, and you know, I don't I don't lead with that. You know, I, it's easier for me to say, hey, I work on Tuesdays. Let me coach you, and people will be like, yeah, coach me. Um, you know, but it's 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 way more than that. It's making sure your wife likes you. It's making sure your <laughs> net worth, your net net worth. A lot of these guys doing a lot of transactions, but their net worth is stagnant. Yeah, they're barely even net worth positive, let alone adding 50, 60, 70 grand a month, which is possible. 98% of realtors who I self-identified as being 100% realtors um, die with a zero net worth. Yeah, it's it's because they don't focus on it. Anything you focus on, like I've never run a marathon, but I'm going to run a marathon this year. Right. Well, so I just, it's only because I'm focusing. I'm not a because I mean everyone, a lot of people run marathons, but it's just focusing on the things that matter. So um, I would say that I mean find someone who you know who can show you the path. Cut out the pitfalls, you know. Help you get there profitably, but balanced, where you can preserve those relationships and, you know, get younger every year, um, so to speak. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's an amazing opportunity being an entrepreneur and, um, and just being able to go out into the world and and do what do what you want to do versus live by someone else's rules. Awesome. Well, Lars, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Thanks Appreciate for you. Yeah. You too, buddy.